You're listening to the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Podcast with Tommy Kalonen, a proud member of the Denim Audio Network. Welcome to the Flavor Fest Urban Leadership Podcast, where we talk to innovative artists, creative pastors, church planners, entrepreneurs, and people creating movements. Our goal is to inspire and equip you in ministry, music, and the marketplace. I'm your host, Tommy Urban D. Kalonen. What's good, everybody? Welcome to episode 18 of the Flavor Fest Leadership Podcast. Glad you guys are tuning in today. And today we're actually going to talk about outreach. How do you reach out to people right now in the middle of these crazy times? Like, what does that look like? Because it's different now than it was, you know, 18 months ago. I wouldn't even say a year ago now, right? We're over a year into this, right? So today we're going to talk about how to love our city in the middle of a pandemic or, or or coming out of a post-pandemic, right? It's different now. Like, how do you love our city and what does that look like? So I'm super excited because we're going to be talking to the Flavor Fest slash Love Our City director, uh, Lily Perlaza. And she's been at Crossover Church for a minute. Some of you guys might know her. Some of you guys may not. You're going to get to know her today a little bit more. She's a little bit more behind the scenes a lot of times. But she's done an amazing job over the years and helped Love Our City become a national movement. If you don't know about Love Our City, it's something that we've been doing at Crossover Church for several years. I'm going to give you some history in this podcast. But if you want to learn more about it, you can go to loveourcitybook.com. I actually wrote a book and there's a leader's box kit that can give you guys all kinds of resources. Stay tuned in the episode because we're going to talk about that and how you can get one for free. Yeah, that's right. You get free stuff if you watch this podcast, for real. So as always, guys, we want to equip you guys that are in leadership to be better leaders. We want to inspire you, equip you in ministry, music, and the marketplace. That's what Flavor Fest uh, Leadership Podcast is about. And we do have a big announcement. So stay tuned. Listen to the episode because at the end, we are going to be giving you some details for the next Flavor Fest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so stick around. So we're going to go right now to my interview with Lily. All right, so family, here we are with the Flavor Fest director herself, the Love Our City director, the event coordinator, uh, Lily Perlaza. What's up, Lily? Hey, good to be here. Yeah, well, we wouldn't be here like Flavor Fest stuff without (laughs) you and all the stuff that you do. So, But today, in particular, we are going to talk about Love Our City. That's a big thing that we're going to talk about especially being that we just did Love Our City, kind of when we're still uh, in the middle of a pandemic. We want to talk about how that was was different. But before we get to all that, I know everybody out here, they know about Flavor Fest, but they may not know that you're kind of even the person that's the director, the one that's behind the scenes making it happen. You know, you're not out there rapping on the stage or always speaking. You do come out on the stage a little bit every sometimes. Every once in a while, every once in a while. During the conference. But uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story, uh, how you first got connected at Crossover Church. Sure. So it's been 20 years now. Oh, 21, 21 years. We're going on 21 years. Um, I relocated from Orlando to Tampa, and I heard about the youth group back then, and I started attending and kind of evolved from there. 
Um, so I started off as a youth leader and then kind of from that transitioned into small groups director. And then once I finished um, college and started my career, I moved over and became on staff as the finance director. So small groups finance. And then I worked on Flavor Fest and then became the Flavor Fest director. And today, um, 21 years later, I am the special events and projects director. So I want to say I kind of took all of those roles into one and I'm finally like in my most sweet spot. So. Yes, yeah, so it's continually evolving and morphing and yes. changing <laughs> over the years. You know what? I actually forgot that you were a youth leader. Do you back remember in the that? Day. Yeah, I do now. That, that's kind of how, almost like if you've been at Crossover for a really long time, if you were here back in the day when I was a youth pastor, yeah, yeah, everybody was youth leaders back in the beginning. That's where we got our training at. Yep. So, cool. Well, uh, then, you know, this thing evolved in 2016. I came to you guys with this idea to do this thing called Love Our City. And I've been watching some other churches, you know, do some like outreach weeks. And I was always kind of like, yeah, maybe we'll do that someday. And I, I just, something inside of me started to get uncomfortable because we do a lot of outreach crossover. We've always been kind of known for that, especially since we came into the new building. This location has given us just such a great, you know, spot in the middle of the community to do so much stuff. Um, so we've like ramped up outreach since 2010. And we get hundreds of people that are mm -hmm. involved in our outreaches, but that's still only a small percentage of our overall church body. And so I started to get a little frustrated, like, man, we only got like 20%, 25% of people that are really engaged in outreach and serving. And they see the highlight videos and, but they, you know, why can't we get even more people involved? And it wasn't like we didn't have enough people at our events because right. we usually did. But it was just that pastoral thing inside of me because serving is part of being a disciple. It's part of discipleship. And so remember I came to the staff and I said, hey, guys, what if we did this whole week of serving? Because usually our outreaches are on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people work on Saturdays now or their kids have sports stuff on Saturdays or they travel or it's their only day off and they ain't going to do nothing. They're going to be on the couch. Right. And so but we said, what if we did a whole week and we gave people options? Because the world is all about options right now. Let's be real. Like, so let's give some people <coughs> options of different times for their schedule. And what if we did 50 different projects and we got 500 people involved? Did you say 50? I don't think you gave a number. I did. Did be you? Because I remember this is why. Because first of all, when I said, I'm, I'm numbers. So uh, when I said 500, you guys were like, what? We never have 500 people do anything. And then the second pushback was 50 projects. What would we do? How would we come up with 50 different things to do? And so that's when we put up the whiteboard and started writing down, well, who lives in the neighborhood? Well, I wasn't really thinking about what kind of projects. I was thinking about who's gonna, who's leading this? Yeah. Whose plate is this falling on? That's what I was thinking about. And at first it wasn't, and I think at first it wasn't totally identified to be like, you're gonna do it, Lily. I right. was just coming with this big idea Right. And then we kind of see where the chips fall. But normally when you come with a big idea like that, it's kind of the expectation it's going to roll in my direction. But yes, if go ahead. If it's an event. Yeah, if it's an event. So anyway, so we began to plan this week. And I think the cool thing of it was it was giving people options for their time that mm -hmm. would fit their time category better. Because we did projects in the morning, around lunchtime, in the evening. Bulk of them were in the evening after work, after school. Um, but, but then the other big thing was they were able to pick what kind of project they wanted to do because right. we had so many different kinds. So some people 
are very passionate about certain things and not other things. So if you just do one outreach, like back to school jam, we're going to give away backpacks to kids. And of course, when we do a back to school jam, we make it like a festival and there's lots of different things you can do. But still, you might have some people that are like, well, that's not really my passion. My passion would be to go and feed homeless people. My passion would be to go and serve healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. My passion would be, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. So this gives people like, it gave people all these options. And we've never done something like that before, but we found like what what a hit it was. And so we didn't have 500 people show up the first year. We had 600. And then you guys also were like, we had to add projects. Remember, we ended up doing 70 projects instead of 50. And so then we were like, yo, we're on to something. And we learned a whole lot that first year. But the second year, 2018 was the second year. We leveled up. I remember we did 102 projects, a little bit over 1,000 people. That's because you said we couldn't do the same number the year. Yes, I'm like, no, we have to level up. I think we can do 100. Well, we did 102. Then the third year, uh, the goal was 150, and we did 152. And it was around 1,500 volunteer slots. And then 2000, I was like, yo, we're going to do 200 projects with 2000 <laughs> volunteers. We're going to reach 20,000 people. It's 2020. What? And then COVID happened. And so, uh, yeah, everything got shut down. So, but we loved our city instead of doing the mm-hmm. week. We were loving our city every week during yeah. 2020. We did our uh, grocery drive through every week and just a bunch of different projects that we did. I think during so the pandemic. Talk a little bit about the 2020 projects. So I think one of the things that we wanted to really focus on in 2020 when, you know, when quarantine hit and we were in the middle of the pandemic and people were trying to be creative and figure out ways that they can still be the hands and feet was really to come up with ways to serve everyday needs. Mm -hmm. So we ended up, instead of doing a week long of Love Our City projects, we did small, tangible, everyday needs as far as, you know, meeting needs with groceries or helping single moms with groceries or food delivery. Um, We were able to help a lot of people that were out of work with benevolence and help in assistance with light bills and, um, you know, different electricity bills and different things that they needed. So instead of just loving the city in one big week, we just chose to love the city on the daily and what was practical and what they needed at that time. Yeah, and I think the cool thing was, Lily, because you were so good at building partnerships mm-hmm. with so many different organizations because we had did love our city uh, for three years prior that if you remember right when the pandemic first hit, our partners were actually calling us mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, you know, Fuzzy Tacos called. Talk to them about Fuzzy Tacos, what happened with, with Ian. So basically he called and said, we have been, you know, this is a local, ta- uh, local taco shop, local, you know, locally owned, family owned struggling during the pandemic and he called us and said we're struggling and we're going to go out there and try and raise money to feed families that need dinner so they went out there they had just laid off a bunch of their employees they decided to start a gofundme to raise money for healthcare workers or medical professionals or people in need to provide hot lunch and dinner meals while they're working these long shifts so we were able to come in and provide little love our city bags with literature about our about our church as well as you know a nice treat for them and work alongside with them so i think with 
partnerships like it was really important because when the pandemic hit and they knew that there was a need they called us and we worked out ways to better serve the community with their resources and i think that's what's huge with partnerships is knowing like what their heartbeat is so if you have a sponsor or a partner that you know their heartbeat is homeless or their heartbeat is first responders or their heartbeat is teachers or families in needs or children in foster care whatever their need is like work with them to be able to meet that need that that their heartbeat is but that your community needs as well yeah so that that's it's been awesome with the partners you've done a great job with that so tell everybody out there that's listening um how do you how have you cultivated some of those relationships over the years and how do you keep them going and keep them engaged with what we're doing with love our city um i think being authentic and not looking at partners or sponsors at only as a paycheck, but as relationships that you can continue to build rapport with, to call them, to follow up with them, to share newsletters with them, to keep them in the know of what's going on, even if it's something small, even if it's a family celebrating something, or if it's a family that's receiving meals, or if it's um, you know a high schooler that's graduating from high school, whatever their financial support has contributed to, continue to allow them yeah. to join the journey with you and celebrate Celebrate those small wins so that way when something, when an opportunity for something larger opens up, they're quick to jump in it with you because you, you've you shown that you can do much with little. Yeah, and one of the other things that we've done as well is like, so there's some healthcare companies that have donated significantly to, to Love Our City, Florida Blue, Humana. And so one of the things we try to do is say, hey, um, these are the projects that we need funding for. Can you also can you donate towards them? And can you also send a team? And so we many times present it as a team building opportunity. You know, a lot of non a lot of for-profit and nonprofit organizations out there that they they want to do stuff in the community and they're looking for projects and ways that they can help build their team. And so when you present that that also presents value to them. Not just like, hey, we're gonna put your logo up on it or we're gonna give you a tax write-off, but we're also gonna give you guys a team building opportunity where your team can come in and do volunteer hours. And for a lot of millennials, uh, that's something that they thrive on and they mm -hmm. love. And a lot of companies are realizing that, I mean, we've seen that more in the past 12 months than ever. Like, Millennials have been the ones that have been leading activism. There's been a lot of activists that have arisen and, and they want to get behind a cause or a purpose and doing stuff in your community. Like we as the church, we should be some of the biggest people that are uh, activating people and helping people in the community and getting people to come alongside of us. And so that's been another big way that we've built with our partners. Um, so as I kind of think back in that first couple of weeks, Fuzzy Tacos called us, uh, Feeding Tampa Bay called mm -hmm. us and said, hey, can we do a grocery drive through <clears throat> at your location? <clears throat> a lot of the uh, food pantries have closed in the city because they're ran by older you know, people that are at risk. And most of our church is younger. We're like, nah, we're ready to serve. Mm -hmm. Come on. So uh, we actually gave away over a million pounds of food in the past 12 months um, through Feeding Tampa Bay. And that was really, that, that, that food was free. Like mm -hmm. we didn't have to pay for that. They, you know, we provided volunteers, we provided the space and the location here, but uh, that was a huge blessing. And then uh, tell everybody a little bit about the, the cell and that fund that was started with Christian and how we, we've been really partnered with that as well. Yeah, so <clears throat> the cell basically was an organization that was built to 
provide hot meals to families in need while contracting restaurants and manpower to provide the meals. So they're kind of providing double, double the blessing, right? They are contracting restaurants to cater hot meals and local then restaurants local restaurants like locally owned a lot of them are ethnic minority owned mm -hmm. here in the neighborhood so it's not you know big companies no yeah it was all small you know mom and pop restaurants yeah they would they would um contract them to cater food for families in need they would package these meals and either send them out during major food distribution or they were actually delivering them to local lower income schools and then the children would take the, the meals home to their families <clears throat> so through this organization, they were able to get city government funding to provide all of these meals to these residents. And we were able to be a distributor site in order to get those meals out to individuals that needed them. So they weren't, you know, a box of food from a food pantry. They were hot catered, full cooked meals for families. Yeah. yeah. And so I think part of the really cool blessing was God's given us favor and relationships, especially in the beginning. They had the restaurants identified, they had the money raised, they didn't have the distribution channels. And so they were coming to our grocery drive-through, uh, they were funding, a, they, they were bringing food to events that we did. We got a volunteer dinner. We got this happening. They're bringing food for it. Like, Lily, hey, we need food for this thing over here. Like, you were able to get us food for so many different things. We actually even did food uh, for a couple of church services mm -hmm. where you know they needed to just get food out. We're like, hey, we got 400, 500 people here uh, at church on the weekend, you know, which is much lower than we used to have because not everybody's back yet. But then it also became a hook for people. We would be like, hey, we got free food from the jerk hut this Sunday. And we did it like on Thanksgiving weekend. We did jerk turkey. And so we had a great attendance that weekend. That yeah. weekend's usually terrible because you know, people are just, they got their turkey hangover there on the couch. Uh, and then also for Easter uh, 2021, we did outdoor services. And those of you that are familiar with our location, uh, the jerk hut actually moved in right next door to us in the parking lot, basically. And so we had like 800 meals that were provided for free through this fund. And I mean, that would have been like $5,000 plus to feed that big army of people, right? But all that was provided for free. And so that's just some of the partnerships that have blossomed and grown out of Love Our City. So I encourage you guys find ways to, to find partners, bring value to them, serve them, make connections. Like, listen, our, our neighbor, the jerk cut, um, that guy loves us. He's actually a member of the church now. He was here on Easter Sunday with his family and he regularly comes to church um, because we want to bring value, we want to help all of our neighbors. And so, so Lily, how was Love Our City in 2021 different? So in 2021, we actually did do the serving week. Um, mm -hmm. So how did that look a little bit different? Um, I think from a practical side of things, the schedule looked different. So in previous years, we've had a numerous number of projects. And this year we scaled back to about 50, we ended up at 55 projects. Um, <clears throat> that's right, right? 58. 58, he's yeah. a numbers guy. So 58 projects we ended up this year. Our goal was 50. Um, so we definitely scaled back and didn't offer some of the same times for people to serve because we wanted to practice social distancing and not have as many people in the building at the same time. So we focused a lot on projects that we were able to still do. We weren't able to do some projects like the nursing home 
or high risk facilities, but we were able to still do grocery drive through. We were able to do knock knock groceries where we deliver groceries to lower income housing units. We were still able to feed a bunch of teachers and first responder workers. So we were able to do a lot just with a, a little bit of a creativity twist. So we had everyone still wear masks and social distance, but we still were practical and you know, we still got out there and did what we had to do. Yeah. So here's the thing I would <clears throat> encourage you guys out there and make you feel uh, a little bit more encouraged if you're doing any kind of outreach stuff right now. And of course, we're filming this in April. You might be listening to this way later, like when things have gotten better and better, right? At least it's, we're praying it's going in that direction. But um, don't be discouraged when you see less participation. Mm -hmm. And you have to have realistic expectations in a time like this. So if you were listening a little earlier in the podcast, I said, you know, in 2019, we did 152 projects. Here we are two years later, we're only doing 58, you know? So like, if you would have told me that back then, I would have been like, what? You know, but we're in a different season and there's still a lot of people that haven't come back to church in person yet, or even if they have, um, their they, capacity. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's one thing that I realized was the capacity is different. It's different. People's stamina, their capacity is different. So when I did 150 something projects, I didn't feel the same way as I felt this year. We were only doing 50 to 55 projects and it was exhausting. It was like pulling to try and get people to come and to help and to, you know, we prep weeks in advance, some stuff we couldn't prep in advance because we didn't know with the pandemic yeah. if certain projects we were going to be able to do until last minute. So you know, the capacity was just different this year. And that, I mean, that's okay. Like that's just where we're at, but just realizing the difference between maybe what you've done in the past and what this year would look like. Yeah. So I think the two things, the two takeaways from that is, um, not as many people are going to come and serve. <clears throat> and then even the people that come and serve, like in the past, some of them might, they might come and serve every day at a project mm -hmm. or at least a couple days. A lot of them were just coming one time to serve, you know, they're being a little cautious and, just the other, the other reality is most people have not served at all in the past 12 months or more. Right. So they've gotten out of the rhythm with serving and with going out and doing stuff uh, for their neighbors and other people. And so, you know, a lot of people have got out of the rhythm of coming to church. I was just on the phone with a pastor of one of the biggest churches in America a few minutes ago before we jumped on here. And they just opened up their church uh, the week before Easter, and they're only seeing 25% right. come back right now. Now, we're way above that percentage at Crossover. We've been open for six months now. Um, so it's just, it's when the longer people are out of rhythms, the more it is like kind of a little bit of pulling teeth and kind of massaging and pushing and getting them back into that rhythm. So uh, no, if you're a leader out there, you lead a church or a nonprofit organization where people volunteer and serve, um, it's going to take some time for people to get back in their serving rhythms and their grooves. And so uh, a thing like Love Our City can be a great jump start to get people like kind of put those paddles on them and just, you know, jumpstart some life back into them uh, because so many people have just been doing different things during these past 12 months. So we had a good amount of people that had not did. been to church we since did. we opened and their first time coming back to any type of gathering or church event or anything like that was through Love Our City. So that was yeah. exciting to see that. Sometimes you just need to get out of the norm and open up opportunities that are not your typical Sunday service for people to kind of ease their way back into the norm. Yeah, and that's that's part of the jumpstart I was talking about, y'all. <laughs> so um, if you 
have people that haven't been back yet, some of them may come back when you create some kind of serving opportunity. They may come back for the first time. Or people that have been back and maybe they used to serve and they're back in person now, but they're not serving. So this can be that opportunity to jumpstart, get them back involved, and uh, for them to experience, oh yeah, this is what serving feels like. This is good. I need to do this. I need to love my neighbor. I need to get back involved in my local church. It's important. So Lily, tell us your top three favorite Love Our City projects. Oh goodness. Um, my top three would probably have to be the Knock Knock Groceries. All right. Um, I love it. It's easy to plan. Super exciting to call a place and say, we have groceries for your residents. So that's a great one. Um, my second one is the foster closet cleanup but that's just because foster care is near to my heart Um, but that is it doesn't cost us anything all we do is send volunteers to local uh, foster closets where they can organize and prep and get ready for um, parents that are taking on emergency overnight placements so that's one of my favorite Um, and then i guess the third one i think would be the teacher appreciation Mm -hmm. but i like to really focus on schools that are not fully sponsored or fully adopted by other local church or communities um, this year we served a church that's kind of uh, a school that's kind of on the outskirts and they currently don't have any church partnership or any church involvement so we were able to go in and take lunch and goodie bags and just to see how appreciative and excited they are for anything that you give them that's my favorite project so. yeah so I, I'm with you too. I love Knock Knock Groceries and I didn't get to do it this year. I know. I was yeah, surprised you didn't sign up I for those. I didn't get to sign up for it because I was doing other projects. I, felt, I filled in the gaps where I was yeah. needed, right? Um, but I did get to do the laundromat. That's one mm-hmm. of my favorite ones as well. We show up to the laundromat, pay for everybody's laundry. Uh, and then the appreciation lunches. That's always uh, a great one. So I got to do a couple of, couple of those as well. And um, yeah, love, love our city. And so if you guys want to learn more about Love Our City, um, you can go to loveourcitybook.com. We'll put that up on the screen, loveourcitybook.com. And we actually created a leader's kit. And in that leader's kit is all the nuts and bolts that can kind of tell you what's inside of our heads of how we put all that together. Uh, I, I put a lot of it on paper and then I kind of was like, like pulling everything out of her head. How do you do this? How do you do that? Um, And so we kind of lay it out in this leader's guide. There's a full leader's guide in there that uh, really talks about all the prep that you need to do in the weeks and months leading up to Love Our City to to raise up sponsors, to figure out what your projects are, to make your schedule, to uh, raise the money, to coordinate all of those things and then lead up to the big Sunday because it leads up to that big Sunday. So you do that week and that entire week, everybody's getting a card. They're getting an invite to come to the party, the Love Our City party. And when is that? It's church on Sunday. And so we usually do Love Our City week leading up to Easter Sunday. Uh, but there's several different times a year when you could do it. You have to look at what your rhythm is. I mean, it's a, it's a great outreach opportunity and you're inviting them to that next step. And so we've always seen, you know, hundreds of first time guests come as a result of it. We see lots of salvations, lots of baptisms. And we saw that this year. We had yeah. several hundred people come to church for the first time on Easter, and a good chunk of them were here as a result of Love Our City. So we created this leader's kit, and there's a whole bunch of great stuff in it that's for free. I wrote a book. It's a 30-day devotional book. Uh, it's called Love Our City, Learning to Love Your Neighbor as You Love uh, Learn to Love Your Neighbor as You Love Yourself, the Words of Jesus. 
Um, there's a thumb drive in there with all the artwork in it, fundraising guide, um, small group video curriculum, promo videos. There's a five-week sermon series if you're a pastor or a church planner. And uh, all the video and artwork and promo stuff is all in there. And you have a license to use it and take it and make it even better. And here's the thing about Love Our City. It can work in any context. Doesn't matter if your church is in the city, the suburbs, small town. Doesn't matter if your church is a church of 25 people or 2,500 people or 25,000 people. Um, you can customize it to what your capacity is. So you might even hear us saying, hey, we did 100 projects. We did 55 projects. Like that's overwhelming. Well, you could start with five projects. Mm -hmm. You know, we have lots of smaller churches that we've worked with that have just done five or 10 projects. And man, it is just breathe life into their church. And we know all of us right now could, could uh, get some new life breathed into what we're doing right now ministry wise and so the leaders box kit actually we used to sell it for 79 dollars, but uh we're now giving it away for free for any church that just participates by buying some books so as little as 10 books so you could just try it out for your small group or for your staff or some of your leaders and just check it out and then uh, from there if you want to get more and do it with the entire church but uh, a lot of churches are doing it we have about 260 churches now that have gotten a box kit. And so the Love Our City movement is spreading. Um, we're excited about it. So jump in if you haven't. Now is the perfect time, even in the summer or the fall. Uh, it's a great time to do a Love Our City week. So let's so shift if you gears. Get the, if you get the books, hold on. If okay, you get okay. The, All right, go ahead, Lily. So if you weren't doing that before. So if they get the yeah, books, then they get the whole kit? The kit's free. With the flash drive and everything? Everything. That's a good yep. deal. Used to be seventy nine dollars. Now it's yeah, free. Yeah, that's a good deal. Because you literally can take that yeah. book. I mean, you can't have all of my brains, but you literally can take that <laughs> book and you can really execute it. Yeah. Like you have everything you need in that kit. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Definitely. Okay. That's you ready? Cool. You yeah. Good? That's cool. Okay. So let's shift gears. Last part. Okay. Let's talk about Flavor Fest before uh... we end. So last year we were planning on doing it, and if you were listening to the podcast when we first kicked it off last spring. We were like, we're going to do it this fall. Everything's going to get better by then. It's going to be great. We're going to be ready to party and get back together. And that wasn't what happened. So we ended up still doing something for you guys. Uh, we did a virtual conference, which was absolutely free. And we did a couple general sessions. We did, I think, nine yeah. breakout workshops that you were able to choose from. If you missed that, you can go to the uh, YouTube channel for Flavor Fest. And all that stuff is on there for free. Did we get all the workshops on there yet? Most of them. We got okay. a lot of them on there. Okay, cool. And the general sessions are on there with some great stuff. But for 2021, everybody's been asking, are y'all having it this year? So I'm going to leave it to you, Lily. Let everybody know the official word. Go yes. ahead. Yes, yes, yes. We are back. We Woo! are definitely going to have it this year. We're going to have it this year. We're claiming that we are doing it Yes. right now. You heard it. Now, there's been a couple other podcasts that we released in 2021, and I'm like, I think we're doing it. I hope we're doing it. But you heard it here. The answer is yes. yes. She said yes. Yes. We are going to start planning next week, yeah. actually. Yeah. So listen, we know leaders need tools. They need resources. They need community. They need fellowship. We need to just get together and have some fun and uh, get out of the house uh, more than ever. And we can do that, you know, in a, in a way that's safe. I mean, we're open. We're doing church. Most churches are reopening now. Um, we can still do that in, in a safe way, but we're praying by this fall. Uh, it'll, it'll even be less restrictions than what we have now. 
Maybe we won't even have to wear masks anymore, hopefully by then, but we're gonna get together and have some great speakers. We're gonna have a concert, we're gonna have fun, we're gonna do some outreach in the community. And uh, so we are inviting you guys to come. So the details will be coming soon at flavorfest.org. Yes. Anything else you wanna say about Flavorfest? I'm excited, it's time to come back home. It is, it is. So, okay, last thing, Lily. Um, Give me like your favorite Flavorfest moment. Oh my goodness. Wait, favorite funny Flavor Fest moment. Maybe we'll start with that first. Okay. <laughs> There's so many. Um, my favorite funniest moment was, I'll share what I was sharing. Um, so I was in my office and I had to gather the Flavor Fest planning team because we were dealing with the situation with the electricity and the generators and the concert was going to be popping off within like I think an hour. And so I was I had my conference planner hat on and I was trying to make some decisions and work through some some challenges that we were having before the concert and I opened my door and we typically have like an artist dinner in our office area and everybody all the artists come together we have dinner, we yeah. pray, we get ready for the night everybody's here, you know, nobody's hiding behind stage. Flavor Fest is one big family, so it doesn't matter where you are, you know, on your artist level, like, you, we're all going to be family, we're all going to be together. Yep. So we're getting ready for the dinner, I open my door, and there's this artist in this costume, like this whole green suit costume, <laughs> just having a great time, chopping it up with everybody, getting ready for his set, and I just wanted to die laughing, because I'm like, this is what Flavor Fest is about. It's about family and community and having a good time, and just being with other people that are on the same journey and like-minded people that are trying to reach the same, you know, misfits. And I was just like, man, forget it. It'll all work out. It's just time to have a good time. So that's my funniest favorite moment. Yep, I remember that. He was looking <laughs> like a cartoon character. Yeah. So, but yeah, we, we're inviting you guys to come and make some memories with us uh, this October 2021. Flavor Fest will be back in person at Crossover Church down in Tampa, Florida. Um, Tampa Bay. Home of the champions. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know, you got to come. Our city is winning. So come down and experience it. Well, before we get out of here, I'm going to ask our Love Our City director, Flavor Fest director, I'm going to ask her to pray for all you guys out there. So pray for the leaders that are watching this. We got church planners, pastors, artists, entrepreneurs, people that are, you know, it's been a tough year, especially for leaders. So just pray for them, Lily. All right. Father, we come before you today grateful that you carry out the journey, God. We thank you for each and every artist and leader and entrepreneur, each and every person that's listening to this podcast. I pray that you would continue to encourage them in the unknown seasons. I pray that you begin to put the right people in their path, that you would begin to birth something new and fresh within their hearts as they hear about Love Our City, as they hear about Flavor Fest, that they would, Father, take the steps needed to grow and to learn and to explore and to be open to new ways to reach their community. We thank you for what you're doing through Crossover and through Love Our City, God, and we pray that it would be contagious to those around us and contagious to other church leaders and pastors to get out of the pews, to get out of the norm, to get out of what is um, organized or systematic, but that they would begin to step out into new, creative, different, exciting, birthed from you seasons. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. I am super grateful for leaders like Lily. Hopefully you guys have a Lily in your ministry. Every ministry needs one, right? So a lot of times when 
uh, the key leader or lead leader has big visions and big ideas, there has to be a couple of really sharp people that can help execute those things and make them happen. And so for us at Crossover Church, as you've just learned, with things like Flavor Fest and Love Our City and some of the big events and things that we do, uh, Lily is that person. So I pray that you guys um, can raise up some lilies. And she's been around Crossover for over two decades. So she got discipled here. She came here when she was still a teenager. She was 19 years old. And so, hey, listen, discipleship, as you pour into people and you watch them grow and you empower them, man, you can see God show up in their lives and use people in amazing ways. And so, hey, stay tuned. Next week, we are going to have another great episode of the Leadership Podcast. We are on a roll now for 2021. So lock in. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, it's Urban D 813 You can watch this. Uh, if you're listening to it on a podcast platform and vice versa, if you're watching this on YouTube, this is also available on podcast platforms if you want to listen to it in that format sometimes as well. I, I know me, when I listen to podcasts, I, sometimes I go back and forth. If I'm in the car, I'm listening to the audio. Sometimes if I'm at home, I w- might want to watch it on my laptop or my phone on YouTube and see the video version. So we're giving you guys options. You have both. So hey, Spread the word. Let some people know about this podcast. We want to help empower more leaders. We want to get them plugged in to the in-person events and conferences we do and the resources that we produce. Speaking of resources, you can check out some resources that I produce for church leaders and church planters and pastors at translationleadership.com. There's a bunch of different courses. There's a coaching network that I have as well that can help you guys level up. And there's a couple dozen guys that are involved in that and some girls too. So uh, plug in, guys. Till next time, I'm out. Thanks for tuning in to the Flavor Fest, Urban Leadership Podcast. Stay connected with us on social media at UrbanD813 and at Flavor Fest. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace and God bless.